Blog Talk Radio. And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curo Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe of clifflow.com in Scenic, Scenic, New Jersey. And in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting in Mission Viejo, California. Miss Cat and Conjurman will co-host a special Oracle Hour on Astrological Good and Bad Days for 2022. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show. Then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Cat. Hi. Thank you, Clifford. And I, I know you've got a new phone. <laughs> I heard about it from just before <laughs> the show. So you sound better. Thank Your you. Voice thank you. I, more... I wanted to upgrade. Yes, your voice has been upgraded. You no longer sound That's like right. you're speaking through a tin can. You sound like you have an Apple product in front of your mouth. <laughs> I'm an old yellow Apple. iPhone 13. Yeah, I'm. I, I, oh, 13. Oh, yeah, good for you. I'm an wow. Apple loyalist when it comes to sound quality and graphics quality, and I don't care who knows it. Um, you get what you pay for, you know. So I'm glad that I'm glad that is um, your new reality. Um, what's going on with your world in terms of uh, root work and readings? How are you doing these days? Well, I've been really busy with um, um, a, a kitchen remodeling, which is going on, and I've put all the uh, the consultation aside until that's dialed down a little bit. But that's only a week longer. Oh my gosh! There's all not right. Much to say about well, that. well. Prayers to um, the hearth goddess in whatever religion you practice <laughs> for your kitchen remodeling. Thank you very much. I don't I don't know which hearth goddess is your particular favorite, but um, there always is a goddess of the hearth or of the d- domestic reality. Um, and so people looking for you for readings will have to wait one more week until the kitchen is remodeled. How lovely. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, things here have been um, both wonderful and chaotic and not dangerously chaotic, just um, time-stressed chaotic. But we're doing okay right now. I'm taking a few deep breaths, seeing what will happen to me. Maybe my heart rate will slow a little. We were really in a rush to get this show together. We had a lot of um, technical things to cover before because it's an astrology show, and astrology is nothing if not technical. So 
um, things at the Lucky Mojo shop have improved wonderfully. I know you've all been suffering with us vicariously through our staff shortage. Well, um, Nikki, who um, came back from Texas, I had told you all know the saga, right? Nikki came back from Texas and she started working three days a week. Ah, lovely Nikki. She has upped her hours voluntarily to four days a week. So what an improvement to have her back. She's now doing order entries on Sundays and, um, you know, pulling invoices as well. Thank you, thank you so much, Nikki Wilson. This means your orders will go out a lot faster. They won't be sitting in the queue until someone comes in to do the order entry. We have now have order entries seven days a week again which we've been without since COVID started. So um, the other thing that's um, happening at the shop is we started on January 1st an Instagram account. And I just want to tell you what it is, and someone might type it in. It's at Lucky Mojo Curio Co. on Instagram. And in just um, a few days, we've already gotten... um, Oh my gosh, I think we were at 175 people this morning when I opened up my Instagram to look. And people are already asking, you do those Facebook Fridays on Facebook, when are you going to do giveaways on Instagram? Well, if with only 175 followers on Instagram, it's not worth our while to do a giveaway. So how about you all go over to Instagram right now and look for Lucky Mojo Curio Co. and follow us. We promise to follow back everybody, unless you don't want us to, and um, we will hold giveaways at Instagram. When we get to 1,000 followers, we'll hold a small celebratory giveaway. Okay, but we won't do them weekly. Mm. We're going to build. We're going to build. We're going to build. I have a plan, but Instagram is the place to um, catch up with us. Um, and also, I have an Instagram account. It is at Catherine Ironwood. And much of the stuff that's on my account is the same as what's at Lucky Mojo, but there are extra little weirdnesses on my personal account if you like extra weirdnesses, such as pictures of books I'm reading or business cards I'm sorting or, you know, the cats. Actually, strangely, a picture of the cat at the shop, Copper Kitty at the shop, got more hits on our new Lucky Mojo Instagram account than just about anything except for the picture of me and Shiva on our anniversary, the picture of Shiva by the Christmas tree, and a thank you card from me. So more pictures of cats will be in the future. If If you like shop cats, Bootsy and Copper will be starring in their own Um, photos, and we might even be able to get some video sessions with Bootsy and Copper just to show how cats rule the Internet. And Doc Murphy says trains, not until springtime. It's it's winter and rainy now. Um, But we are cleaning up the, the train tracks and rebuilding where a tree limb came down and smashed part of the track. It has happened before. It probably will happen again. It's what happens when you build a train under a redwood tree, a great folly. Um, so uh, what we got is lots of work at Lucky Mojo. Please send in your orders. We're going to be start doing, um, start doing some uh, departmental discounts also. That will be announced on Instagram. Um, 
These are going to be Instagram specials, so watch out. That's what's new with me. Oh, and of course, I'm doing readings at Hoodoo Psychics and, and via air, reading my little heart out and reading, reading, reading. But, you know, I don't talk much about reading because I don't want to give away people's private information. But it's been an interesting week for readings. Lots of women with love problems and a couple of pregnant women who are not only pregnant but have love problems on top of that. And so it's been a little bit of a hardship case as far as readings. But I'm just, you know, trying to give good, honest answers, even if they're not always the happiest. Oh, and the church's um, candle services, thank you all for coming back. We did have to stop it when we had staff shortages. Candleministry.com is setting lights, and you can get free emergency lights if you have an emergency. Okay. Um, How about you, Conjurman? What's up with your world? Oh, you know, life goes on as 2020 has uh, started. We are uh, entering into a sort of funky beginning of the year with Omicron um, and the things starting to shut down and some places shutting down and other places not shutting down. I don't think this was the 2022 beginning that people had hoped for, but uh, here we are (laughs) managing a pandemic going on our third year. Can you believe that? Our third year. I know. Uh, this thing started, you know, I mean, I remember, and not, not, to, not to toot our own horns, but uh, I'll do it. Uh, I remember back in the day, we did an episode just like this one, and the COVID was just sort of peeking its nose, its, its, little eye, its head up over in the far corner of the world. And we were told by everybody, oh, it's never going to come here. It's not going to be a big deal. In fact, our fellow astrologers even told us to shut up. It was not that big a deal. Not that, no, it's going to be the economy. It's not, it's not COVID. And you and I were both like, no, no, this thing is going to show up, and it's got the potential to be a pandemic. Be, keep your eye out on this. This was our January episode, many years, a couple of years ago now. And lo and behold, lo and behold, it became a pandemic. But I don't think anyone really imagine that it would be a pandemic that lasted now almost three years. We're, all, we're in our third year, and Omicron is, is a real thing, and, and, like, everybody is getting it. Fortunately, I haven't got it, but everyone around me really was just kind of dropping, like, flies at one point with it. It's milder than Delta in that it's not killing people, but COVID's weird. And, Kat, this is a, goes back to your prediction very early on, because we did a couple of these episodes on covid um, you said, watch this thing. This is, there's an Aries component. This thing is affecting the heart and head as well. This isn't just a respiratory. And it turns out that turned out to be like right on the money medically. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only does it have some really weird and funky side effects, but people who are getting Omicron are pointing out that it actually doesn't even feel like a flu for them. That for most people comes as like nausea. They feel mm-hmm. very, very ill, like stomach-wise, not uh, like respiratory, they're not, they're not a lot of cost. So it's, it's been a funky few years. Uh, this year is going to be just as funky. And I think there's some, at some point we need to have the conversation of not which year is bad and which year is good, but to recognize that the years from in clusters are going to be struggles and to find mm-hmm. hope within those struggles, to find those good moments and those positive moments and find those moments where you can find joy and rest and relaxation and companionship and whatnot to recognize that 2022 isn't suddenly going to get better than 2021. In the same case, 
2021 was it suddenly better than 2020? Again, I got so mm-hmm. much pushback for 2021. I said 2021 was going to be the year of the broken road, and we're going to have protests, and we're going to have all these tensions and issues. And people are like, no, it's going to be such a better year. We have a vaccine. I'm like, bro, I see more lockdowns coming up. We're going to have more lockdowns. No, no, we have a vaccine. Shut up, Condraman. You're so negative. You're so pessimistic. And 2021 <laughs> turned out to be just as bad as 2020. The difference being 2020 was the house is on fire. 2021 was, oh, you're watching a very slow-moving car wreck. <laughs> it's, it's a train wreck. There's still, it's still an accident. It's still a disaster. But maybe the house isn't on fire. So as is uh, my customary, in the Persian tradition and the Arabic tradition of astrology, we actually name our years based off of the horoscope. So last year was the year of the broken road. This year is the year of the uprising and the seizure. So be mindful of uprisings and seizures in our systems. By seizures, I mean quite literal shakes in that regard. But in positive news, there is a great deal of hope. And I think this episode is going to give people some some hope. We're going to take a look at, look, the weather may be funky, the weather may be bad, but there are ways that we can work around that. In that light, I should point out that I have opened up my readings for February. So if anyone's interested in a year-ahead look, astrology, I only have a few of them open. Unfortunately, whenever I open these up, they go by like hotcakes. So I only have three openings left for the entire month of February. But if you're interested in the year ahead, there are some slots there. But more than anything, I'm very excited to chat with you, Kat, as a fellow astrologer on what we can do to mitigate some of these bad weather moments, how we can elect certain moments for our magic, for our rituals, for our candles, and make the most of 2022. All right. Well, when when we decided to do this show, because this is the Oracle Hour and we want to talk about forms of divination, um, we started off by talking about a broad um, overview for the year. And yep. we decided instead to go with a little bit sort of like the first quarter of the year. And we'll do the yep. next quarter, yep. the next quarter. But then we started talking about elections because people um, – are getting the picture that this is not going to be a particularly good year either. This is not going to be a great year. Uprisings and seizures does not sound great, does it? So um, we're going to try to do what Miss Miranda Tarot said in the chat. We're going to try to find any positives to keep looking forward to, and we're going to get some happy dates for the year ahead. So what we decided to do was something called elections. Now, I need to explain to people what an election is, not to the astrologers in the audience, so bear with me. It's going to take a minute here. An election is when you pick a time for a a condition or an event that you have planned in which all the stars, planets, and all align Mm -hmm. positively as much as possible for that event. The classic um, events for which elections are done are weddings, and um, crownings of um, monarchs, Mm -hmm. and um, other, you know, uh, the day you move into the house as opposed to the day you put the down payment down, Mm -hmm. big events that you want to have very positive um, stars or planets for. But Mm -hmm. you can do elections for small things. You can say, um, I'm going to go down to the uh, animal shelter, and I know I'm coming home with a kitty. Uh, 
But I want it mm-hmm. to be a good kitty on a good day. So you look up and you you do some astrology for that. The best day for for getting a rescue kitty. You can do an election mm-hmm. for anything. The best day mm-hmm. to invest in uh, the stock market or cryptocurrency. You can look for mm-hmm. the best day to um, have a party at your home. You can mm-hmm. also use elections in a, I guess you could call it avoidance way. I don't know a name for these, but now I'm going to jump from you know, highfalutin astrology just down to hoodoo. They're called good days and bad days, right? Good days yep. and bad days. So good days are days that you can do an election for something. It could be an overall good day just for you, your health, your happiness. But, you know, say you want to, um, you know, go out and, and, you know, buy some new bedroom furniture. Well, bedroom, Mm -hmm. Venus, you know, love. You might want Mars involved. You want the moon because you're going to sleep. You you do an election. This is the day I'm going to get my bedroom furniture. Now, astrologers are used to this. And a lot of astrologers do this as a service for people. They will... Um, the wealthy in particular will say, um, when shall I apply for this job? What, you know, what is the best time? Now, elections are different than horary astrology because horary astrology is when you ask a question, you cast a chart for that minute, and that's the outcome of the question. So we're going to put horary astrology to one side, and then we're going to talk about how hoodoo sees it, good days and bad mm-hmm. days. Well, most yeah. practitioners of hoodoo know that there's a planet for every day of the week, and there are the seven sacred planets. These were the planets that can be seen by the naked eye. And so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday is Mars, because, you know, a different culture to, you know, whatever, twice. <laughs> so uh, Wednesday, Wotan's Day is Mercury and so forth. Um, most Hoodoo practitioners are familiar with this. Most of us are familiar with the colors that mm-hmm. go with those planets. Many of us know that those planets also rule certain signs. And not only do they rule certain signs, they also, the opposite sign is like they're away. They're not at power. They're not in rulership. Mm-hmm. And also, for certain signs, there are planets that are called um, uh, in they have um, uh, exaltation. I should say here, rulership mm-hmm. is sometimes called de- essential dignity, and they have tation. These are their best aspects of their of their nature mm-hmm. is brought out. And then the opposite sign of the zodiac is their fall. That's when they're at their very mm-hmm. worst, grumpy, not doing well. Yeah. These are all things that go into the making of a, an electional chart. But we're not going to go there. Too much information. And as I said to Conjurman before we started the show, that's a six-week course at least. It could It's a year's <laughs> worth of study if you really want to get it into is. it. But, And one of the ways that we study it and learn about it is by looking at historical events. And mm-hmm. I cannot emphasize too much that astrologers learn by looking at history. And if we look back at historical events and see what happened and keep track of good and bad historical events for certain nations or for certain classes of people or for certain types of things, like volcano explosions that killed multiple people, do a chart for you know the last hundred of them that you know about, and then see if they have any commonalities. So astrologers learn from looking at history. 
when mm-hmm. you're new and want to study, nobody wants to go back and look at all that history. <clears throat> there are You can, though. You really can. But you're going to want to know, just for starters, what's a good day okay, mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, yeah. first of all, I want you all to be able to go and get your own natal horoscope. If you don't have one, you can go get a free natal horoscope with no interpretation. just shows the positions of the planets, mm-hmm. and you can get it from alabe.com, astrolabe.com. It's free. Um, if you have it, it's not great. It's just there, and it's free. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get what you pay for. It's free. But it will tell you what sign each of your planets is in and what degree of, of that sign it's in. And I'm going to start this with just a simple concept which is called transits. Mm-hmm. So transits are the planets as they are moving right now. They're like transiting through the houses, through the signs. They're just going around, going around, going around. And one way to look at uh, a good day for a certain topic is to pick the planet that rules that topic and then follow that planet through the course of the next, say, quarter year or one month. So don't pick the moon. It only spends two and a half days in every sign. So looking at the moon's transit for big projects, not usually the best idea. It's a little too fast. It's really, really great for picking lucky and unlucky days, though, and we'll get into that later. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to count the sun either because the sun, we all know, it goes through the signs of the zodiac and spends a month in each one, and, you know, that's what it is. I'm going to look at five planets, and these five are Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. They move Mm -hmm. slowly enough that their um, orb of contact lasts more than a few hours like it does for the moon, lasts more than a couple of days like it does for the sun. Well, the Mercury is pretty much always fast, and so is Venus, pretty fast. But I want you to start thinking about um, these transits, how they fall Mm -hmm. on your natal chart. Now, I don't have your natal chart, so I'm going to tell you another way to calculate these, and that's by conjunctions between the planets. Okay, so Shiva is going to put through the um, the astrosofa.com <laughs> post, okay? There's a place online called um, Astroso- Astrosofa, and they do a very nice job of making an ephemeris for each planet. An ephemeris is a list of where the planets are and what they're doing. This does not give the degree. It jump, this is an ephemeris of aspects. It's what's mm. known in astrology as an aspectarian. And an aspectarian is different than an ephemeris because it just might say, for instance, Mercury enters Aquarius. Well, you know that's zero degrees Aquarius, but what happens next? We're not going to talk about it because it doesn't give the degrees. This isn't just an aspectarian. Mm -hmm. But aspectarians are very useful for finding good days and bad days. And I'm only going to count conjunctions. And the reason Mm. I say this is because y'all are new at this, most of you. 
If I got yeah. into what's a trine and what's a square and what's an opposition and a sextile and a semi-sextile and a quincunx and a, <laughs> you know, we just won't go there. But everyone knows what a conjunction is. That's when two planets, as viewed from Earth, seem to be in the same arc of degree of right ascension. They might not be next to each other in the sky, but if you were to trace a line up, they'd be on that same line in the sky. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I have um, put up this post. Now, I, yes, where is it? Now, Nagashiva is supposed to have put it up, but I'm looking for him to have done it. It's supposed to be at the Mystic Tea Room. And hopefully, there it is. It's at the Mystic Tea Room. It's mystictearoom.com slash number five dash planets dash two dash watch dash in dash 2022.lmhr-hour.html. Woo! <laughs> okay. Long, long URL. That's all you got to know. When you find it, I hope someone raises their hand and say, I found it. I found it. Uh, I hope they did. Um, now, the reason I'm not going to count the outer planets, as, as Cliff Lowe says in the chat the planets move far too slowly they are sometimes Mm. called generational aspects okay did someone else ah cousin joshua found it okay i want people to find it all right so here we have the seven sacred planets which i spelled sacred wrong minus the sun and moon um and here we have the aspects for mercury okay so um Mercury has entered Aquarius. It gets um, trying the node of the moon. We're not counting the node of the moon. It goes retrograde. Okay. It conjuncts um, the sun. Sun conjunction Mercury on January 23rd. Now, unfortunately, Mercury is retrograde when that's happening. So not a good day. It's it's nice that the sun is conjuncting Mercury. It's giving a lot of power to verbal and mental things. But Mercury is retrograde. It's kind of confused. Not not a good day, but the best of a bad time. It's okay, mm. right? Now we just move on. Mercury conjuncts Pluto on the 29th. Ooh, that's kind of grim because it's retrograde and conjuncting. I said I wouldn't count Pluto, but Mercury conjunct Pluto is mentality, death, and it's retrograde, and that's not a good day. So that's the 29th of January. And I'm just going to go through this up until uh, just for the first couple of months here. Then we have... Um, uh, Mercury goes direct, and then it conjuncts Pluto again. Oi, this is very bad. So from the 29th of January through the um, 11th of February, do not be buying um, electronic equipment <laughs> and and um, writing novels and trying to get something published, It's unless it's really horror stories, grim or dark, okay? Because that's really just a lousy time for Mercury. And now we move on. Um, Mercury goes back into Aquarius. This is so insane. Poor Mercury. Then in February 24th, Mercury squares Uranus. That's when your printer blows up, okay? So Uranus is electronic things. It's the Internet. No, this is not a really good time for Mercury. You can see here that Mercury, which is the intellect, reasoning, logic, is really just having a lousy time. Now we're going to, I said I would do for the first quarter up to up to the 21st of March. Hmm, nothing. Mercury conjuncts Jupiter on the 21st of March. Thank God. Phew, Mercury has been through hell January, February, and most of March. And now 
at the spring equinox, um, Mercury conjuncts Jupiter, a very good day to publish a book, publish a new website, write, write about money, do things that have to do with wealth accumulation in which intellect is involved. Now, that was pretty easy just to go through that using Mm -hmm. just Mercury. I'm going to do one more, and that's Venus. Okay, so just scroll down on that page, and you'll find Venus. Um, Venus starts off sextile Neptune. Well, that's very pleasant for Venus. Venus is love. Neptune is glamour and romance. Sextile is a minor aspect of happy whatever. Then we have the sun conjunct Venus on the 8th. Okay, but unbeknownst, when you see the next thing, Venus direct motion, um, Venus has been retrograde. Venus retrograde is why I have all of these ugly love clients recently, as Doc Murphy pointed out. So the sun conjuncts Venus on the 8th, but Venus doesn't resume direct motion until the 29th. And so that conjunction is nice, but Venus is not doing well. So on the 16th, Venus now direct of February conjuncts Mars. Okay, when Venus conjunct Mars, good for sex magic. A lot of activity from Mars and a lot of um, love and sexuality from Venus. So if you want to make a sex charm to wear, if you want to arrange a hot date, the 16th of February, really good for that, just by conjunction. It doesn't matter. Mm. Now you can look and go look in what... um, sign therein, and you can look at how that relates to your chart, but I'm just going by conjunctions, okay? This is an overall good day for the planet. Venus Mm -hmm. conjunct Mars on the 16th of February. Venus then sextiles Neptune again because it's come out of retrograde, so hey, now romance kind of goes on to the 24th, and Venus trines the node on the north node of the moon on the first month. Venus is on a roll here. Then, on the third, Venus conjuncts Pluto. Uh-oh. Was this a short-lived romance after all, right? Venus conjuncts Pluto. That's kind of deadly. And then it goes into Aquarius, which is not a great Venus place to be. And then it um, reconjuncts Mars. And then it squares Uranus. So we had a real brief period here between the 16th of February and the 3rd of March, where Venus was all great, and then bad again, right? And this continues on. Venus squares Uranus on the 19th of March, and we, like I said, we were just going to do uh, January, February, March. Not so great. And um, on the 28th of March, Venus conjuncts Saturn, the gloomy planet. Then it squares the node on the 30th. And finally, it enters Pisces, which is a very good sign for it. So there was your Venus for the quarter year. Does that make sense to everybody? Raise your hand in the chat if you know what I'm talking about. Okay? Um, <laughs> this is somebody Somebody, raise your hand. Okay? Can I jump now, in here? Uh, the... Okay, now I'm done. I, de- I demonstrated okay, it with two okay, planets. Good. And what I wanted to show was the narrative flow. Okay, now, oh, Doc Murphy put a thumbs up. Thank you. And Cousin Joshua says, yes, this is good stuff. And California sister, thank you. Thank you, guys. All right, now we're going to turn okay. it over to Conjure Man. 
Yeah, thanks. You took you took one of mine totally because I was planning on doing Venus, but that's okay. I have I have some other stuff that I'm going to mention here. But the the key here to understand is that elections come in three forms, right? The first is what I call capture. This is talismanic magic, right? This is where you try to pick the best day in order to capture the spirit of that moment. It quite literally was a spirit. More nowadays, you can talk about it as energy or whatnot. That's the most complicated version of astrology. This is also the second oldest branch of astrology, I should mention. Mundane is the oldest, followed by electional. The second is mitigated, which is one of the ways that Udu practitioners use it as well. And that is, you just try to avoid the bad. You can't stop mm-hmm. the magic just because Mercury is in retrograde. You can't. I'm so sorry to the people who go into hysterics every time Mercury is in retrograde. But Mercury goes in retrograde all the fucking time. Calm down, right? So what you do is you mitigate. You try to avoid certain moments. So like if Mercury's in retrograde, it doesn't mean you stomp all magic, but maybe you won't sign a contract while Mercury's in retrograde. But you'll still do love magic or you'll still do something else. Right, And then the third most common branch of uh, electional work in hoodoo is layering. Layering is very important. This is when you try to capture as best as you can all the good. So let's say the moon is waxing and the moon is in Taurus and you're working on Monday, the moon's day. That's three moons, right? Moon is waxing, moon is in Taurus, which is a sign of exaltation, and it's Monday, which is the moon's day. So you layer. All of these are different approaches to astrology. You want to find the one that works for you and work at it. Of course, layering and mitigating are the easiest in order to do. Um, Then use the ephemeris that Kat has provided for you all. It's very useful to use to kind of build up and find peak moments. Conjunctions are really good. Not all conjunctions are good. So, for example, Kat and I come from slightly different traditions, uh, where for me, the sun conjunct Venus is not generally a good thing because the sun burns up Venus. You don't want to get too close to the sun unless you're right in its heart. Otherwise, it starts to burn you, with the exception of Mars, because Mars is hot and dry, so it's perfectly fine with the heat. So you, and so can there, I, I just got to jump in, and from I just I got to jump in, and from my tradition, Venus is beauty, and the sun is the body, and so people born with Venus conjunct but not combust, in other words, not exactly, are beautiful people. They're usually very pretty. So there you go. It's right, a good well, day to get your nails they, done and all that. <laughs> difference between natal and electional work there. So like for yeah. in the medieval mm-hmm. tradition, you, you would never create a talisman with Venus conjunct the sun because it, it burns up Venus. It harms Venus. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there are ways that you can work with Venus. And I think Venus is really the good signifier here. Kat mentioned most of the dates that I was going to mention. So I'm just going to jump a little bit to April because I think April is a really, really good month here. So for example, in April, Venus moves in to Pisces, which is a sign of exaltation. This is about love. It's about abundance. It's a really good time to do this type of magic. But I would avoid April 4th. Why? Because Mars is conjunct Saturn and Venus is conjunct them. So that's not a particularly good pileup. The two malefic planets now applying to Venus? Nah, let's avoid that. Mars and Saturn conjunctions in general are pretty problematic anyways. But April 22nd, where you have Venus conjunct Jupiter, Jupiter is in the sign of Pisces. Venus is in its exaltation, the sign of the planet of abundance and generosity with the planet of love and 
luxury all coming together. What a fantastic time to do abundance work. What a fantastic time to do love work. What a fantastic time in order to do some type of magic about increasing. So this is one approach is when you look at the mitigating or layering factors, right? So April 22nd, maybe you want to do it on that Friday, right? You've got Friday, you've got Venus, you've also got a concern, you've got layering. You want to mitigate, you avoid April 4th. Why? Because Mars, Saturn, and Venus are all kind of piling up together. So either mitigate or layer. Another very accessible approach here is the moon. And I know the moon moves very fast through the signs, roughly about two days per sign, really quickly. But the moon is a really great way of getting your feet wet in electional work. What sign is the moon in is one way to layer it. So let's say you're working on a Friday and the moon happens to be in Taurus, the sign of the demsaltation. Fantastic time to do some love magic. Fantastic time to do some work there. Avoid when the moon is in Capricorn, where it's in detriment, and avoid when the moon is in Scorpio, where it is in its fall, or unless you're trying to do some type of bug-repellent talisman, which is quite popular in the ancient world, and then the moon is perfectly fine to use the moon in Scorpio at that time. But in general, look at where the moon is, not just is the moon waxing or waning. Is the moon in Aries, or is the moon in Gemini? That tells you a big qualitative difference in the type of magic that you're doing. Let's say you're doing work for writing. Let's say you want to do work for publishing. The moon is waxing and the moon happens to be in Gemini. Perfect. Do your magic then. Let's say you want to do magic for love. The moon is waxing and the moon is in Libra or the moon is in Taurus. Fantastic. Do your magic then. But let's say the moon is waning and the moon is in Aries. What a great time to drive away your enemies. So this is one way. Using the moon's phases plus the moon through the sign is a very simple but entryway into this type of layering approach to astrology. Wow. All right. So we've covered as much as we could in the time allotted. I think that there's a lot more here. Moon sign astrology is very popular in hoodoo, and you can use an almanac to find it. <clears throat> All right. Phew. Um, and um, uh, Tamara999 asks if we have any favorite books on this topic. Um, I think that um, that this is, we're out of time, but um, go look at that um, web page I posted. Go look at um, the web. There's a lot on there. Right. I happen to like the works of Alan Leo, and there's other astrologers. I don't want to get into doing an astrology bibliography here. Sorry about that, Tamara. <laughs> let's take our let's take our first client. All right. Let's turn this over to Clifford Law. Sure. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood and Andre Man. We'll be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their own questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our call and clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by calling 818 
394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum and have not already done so, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, then we'd like to say hello to you. And Let me, your announcer, Clifford Lowe, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our hosts. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. Hold on for a second. Our first caller is Miss Moody calling from area code 631. Miss Moody, are you there? Yes. Hi. Excellent. You indicated that you had – did you have readings on this situation before? No, not on the same situation. Okay. So you wrote that my daughter has been having seizure attacks since last year, and she's had three, and I was wondering if it was related to any spell work cast by anyone. She's 13 years old and has become unmotivated to do activities. She's been checked out by a specialist and is on medication for seizures. Is there anything that uh, I can do for her spiritually? Turning it over to you, Miss Cat. All right, Miss Moody. Um, well, today is uh, an oracle hour, so we're going to be dealing mm-hmm. with astrology. Okay. Now, um, I would like to know, um, and I'm going to do a very um, down and dirty astrology uh, chart here. Um, what I don't need her exact birthday. I'm just going to ask for what is her sun sign? Mm-hmm. She's a Taurus. A Taurus. Mm. And um, and um, and do you know what her moon sign is? No, I don't know her moon sign. You don't know. Okay, that's fine. We're just going to start with the Taurus sun. All right. Um, I heard that mm, of concern from Conjurman. I think we're going to let's look at this together. All right, Conjurman. Sure. sure. Um, you said mm, for the same reason I said mm, right, which is Uranus and Taurus. And yeah, Uranus yeah. and Taurus, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like right, yep. right. Uh, yep. So especially Uranus if she is, said that it's the past. It's been recent, like it's been happening in the past couple of years. That's yeah, that's Uranus and Taurus. Yeah, that's the timing. Okay. Now I actually wrote a, a web page called Uranus and Taurus, and I did it because I'm a Taurus and I was bracing myself for the stresses that were going to happen while Uranus is in Taurus. And Shiva, could you go to themystictearoom.com and on the first page, just search for the word Uranus and you'll find a link to the article I wrote called Uranus and Taurus. Now, what I think is happening to her is what's happening to a lot of um, Taurians. Uranus is a planet that rules science and it also has a lot to do with neurobiology and mm-hmm. it electronics yeah. and the neurobiology and the electronical biology <laughs> kind of the effect of electronics on people and mm-hmm. so um what i'm thinking here is because of the time of onset that what's happening is that she's suffering from an affliction uranus is an afflicting planet very often it's not science is nice but uranus is a planet of accidents and things coming apart mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i would look at that uh, astrologically now i could do a card reading and and see what you know what we're on here but i'm we're this is an oracle hour on astrology. So from an astrological point of view, I would ask, what is what is her actual day? I don't need her year of birth, but what is the day and month of her birth? May 8th. Oy, oy, oy. Okay. 
it's only going to get worse. <laughs> It'll be over. Trust me, it hasn't hit yet. I mean, it's just it's just hitting. I don't know where's. I mean, oh my lord, that's it. She's got a ways to go to before she can get this under control. That's all I'm going to say. Mm. Uranus takes a while to go through Taurus. It grinds its way and it grinds all the Taurians up. They start having things like neuropathy and seizures and migraines and all of the the body's little electrical systems. For people with um, cardiac trouble, it can even be irregular heartbeat. It's just not a great planet for the health of the body because the body is the sun. Okay. Mm. Now, um, so I'm uh, going to uh, recommend that you start thinking about making a talisman in which you're going to harmonize some of these elements. And a particular stone comes to my mind, and I'll tell you why. Um, Agate is one of the Taurian stones. It's so common. Taurians are just common people. And Uranus, of course, we're not going to give people uranium for a talisman, Mm. but there are um, stones that have a Uranian cast to them. And one of the stones that I find works really well for uh, relationships between Taurus or Venus and Uranus is a stone called moss agate. Now, moss agate is a stone that when you slice it, looks like little green moss is growing in the stone, which can be clear to white. And I would get a, a talisman or necklace or charm for her to wear made of moss agate. That's my recommendation. What do you think, Conjurman? Uh, thanks, Kat. Yeah. Um, so what I've done is, is cast what's known as a consultational chart. This is different than a horary chart. This is the father of the horary chart. If uh, consultational charts and electional astrology had a baby, it would be horary astrology, which is you cast a chart for the moment that the question is asked. A consultational chart is actually more of an event chart than it is an actual question, and you're able to kind of examine the different particulars here. This is significant because I think I'm seeing the exact same thing as the cat uh, is seeing. Now, when did the seizure start, if you don't mind me asking? Last year. What, what, but when roughly last year was it like beginning of the year, summertime? It was in the middle of the year. Middle of the year. Okay, so the reason yeah. I asked is. Yeah. Say that again? He middle of the year, you said? He lived overseas in Dubai, and I found out about it like two weeks after. It happened? She she lived okay. overseas in Dubai. Yes, okay. but he wants to know the date. I don't have the exact date. It's written no, in the paperwork. Date. No, 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 no like, like the exact date. In... Just month. Was it the summertime? The was it springtime? Was it fall? Um, I'm guessing it was the fall. It was the fall. Okay. okay. So the reason I asked this, and this is why it's very significant, is that Uranus went retrograde in August. So that this times up with you, if roughly the fall time uh-huh. when you start to hear it. This is why I'm asking, right? This is why mm-hmm. I do what I do. That's when you, you start to see it. Uranus in retrograde started in August, and it will continue until end of January of this year. So this is the peak period of these seizures. Um, it's also very weird, and we'll just put it up to spirit, 
that I called this year the year of the seizures, and you're calling in and asking about seizures. I mean, like that's on the nose uh, alarming. Um, and so this is, this is an indication that this is astrological. This is medical in nature, not spiritual nature. This is confirmed further. So first we've got the transit. Uranus is a problem here. The August retrograde is what triggered it. So something in her natal chart, and at some point, see if you can get her natal chart done. Some type of exact aspect to Uranus caused these um, seizures to start. This Uranus in retrograde linking up to whatever it is in her natal chart. That's what triggers it. Then we look at the consultational chart to get further confirmation. So the ascendant of the uh, consultational chart is Leo, and Leo is ruled by the sun. So we look to see where the sun is. The sun is in the sixth house in the Capricorn. The sixth house in astrology governs illness and disease and sickness. And it is a sun that is moving closer and closer and closer to Pluto, that planet that Kat, that Kat was mentioned. Now, I don't generally mm-hmm. read the outer planets too much, but it is important to note them here. So we are seeing this is a very clear, almost literal, and this is one of the reasons why we love astrology, that it can be quite literal. What, what are you asking about? You're asking literally about the sun in the sixth house health matters. Mm -hmm. So it's telling us very clearly, this is a physical condition, that this is biological, that it is not necessarily caused by somebody. Someone is not sending seizures against her. That's not to say Mm -hmm. spiritual conditions can't exacerbate them. They can't make them worse in the same way that astrological weather can make it worse. So now we ask, what is the treatment? And to look to the treatment, we examine the 10th house. And the 10th house here just happens to be Taurus, which is her sign. Uh, And so the Taurus's uh, ruler is um, Venus, which happens to be in that uh, sign of Capricorn in the sixth house. So she's going to need help from a medical professional, likely a woman, uh, who will be able to step up and assist in this matter. We also examine the moon, which governs generally health matters, and it is in Aries. So this will likely involve something revolving surgery of some sort. I'm not sure it's going to be super invasive, but there is some type of physical intervention that will be required here. Aries here governs the head. So again, reaffirming that this is a neurological head condition rather than some type of curse that is being directed at you. So the consultational chart, in addition to the transit of Uranus, that Ms. Cat very accurately pointed out, which then we can time to the retrograde, all point to one real clear answer. These are medical in nature and will require medical attention. Your spiritual work shouldn't be just be about let me cleanse her and purify her and remove mm-hmm. curses. You can certainly do that. That's not going to hurt. Uh, and then whatever weird, funky spiritual weather you might be experiencing from, say, an enemy or an evil, evil eye can be ameliorated from that. But the key component here, the key magical kind of moment for you or approach for you will be doing work to draw in a healer. You want to bring to your side or the side of your daughter, your child, a healer, a someone who is going to step in, be able to diagnose properly, and then able to then give the right intervention. And this is tricky. We often think that going to the doctor resolves our problem, but the reality is it doesn't. 90% of the time, the doctor's misdiagnosed. Sometimes doctors don't understand what's going on. Sometimes it takes a second opinion. It takes a little while until you get that one doctor. Remember, doctors are working with educated guesswork. 
the body is weird. It's funky. And so you need to find the person that makes the right educated guess for you, the right diagnosis for you, does the right set of tests for you. And so here I highly, highly encourage you to start working with Althea. Althea is a very powerful herb ally that will draw for you um, a great deal of, of, of help. It will also bring for you the person you need in order to work on your behalf. Now, the moon will be moving into Taurus on Monday. Um, it's going to be applying to Uranus, so we're going to wait until it moves out of that. So after uh, uh, January 11th, so Tuesday or Wednesday is going to be the ideal date for you in order to start doing some type of magical work in order to draw in a healer. The moon will be exalted in Taurus. The moon will be applying to the north node. The north node is funky, but it can magnify things. It's retrograde right now, but it's, 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 it's a mitigating factor. You can use, when you do elections, you can use the North Node. It's all right. You don't need to avoid it like the plague. But the moon, that will be a particularly good position for you to work because the moon will also be trining the sun. So that's what we need. We need that healing ability. We need that healing power. There is a square from Jupiter, but Jupiter is a benefic planet, so that's also bringing in some good, though it might take a little bit of time. So Wednesday is a good time for you to begin this type of work. Wednesday also happens to be Mercury's day, which Mercury is the traditional planet of healers, of literal physicians. So I would start working on Wednesday with Althea. I would start working by lighting a white candle, uh, lighting a healing candle, uh, mixing with a little bit of attraction and then praying, bring to me and my daughter the healer that we need. Bring to me a doctor and a physician who has clarity of sight and skill and knowledge to diagnose my daughter and bring her help and healing. So pray from your heart. Leave out a bowl of Althea. Light that candle. I would also burn a little bit of that Althea in an incense. So the way that I would set this up is I would set up an altar with an image of your daughter, set her in the background, a nice, beautiful frame. In the, on the frame, the actual wood of the frame, I would prefer wood here, I would anoint it with healing oil and blessing oil. 7-Eleven oil also works great. Traditionally, an all-purpose healing oil, an all-purpose blessing oil. You would anoint that, then place out a small bowl of Althea and a white candle that you've anointed. Then in front of this, you would place a small incense, thurible or sensor, um, place some charcoal, light that charcoal from the candle flame, place it in that heat-proof sensor or thurible, and then take a pinch of that althea from the bowl and sprinkle it onto the incense, charcoal allowing it to burn as you pray. Let the candle burn down, let the incense charcoal burn down, leave the althea in the bowl, and then repeat that process. Repeat that process. You can do this weekly, praying for the healing of your daughter, to bring in the healer that you need, to bring in the help that you need. Keep the bowl of Althea fresh. So when it runs low, add more Althea there. As long as Althea remains on the altar with the picture of your image, it will constantly work to heal and it will constantly work to draw in an ally for you. Then weekly, burn down that candle, burn down some incense, and pray from your heart. This is a really good way of doing ongoing work, capturing the 
uh, moment of the moon in Taurus uh, on, on Wednesday, and then working going forward. And you can do it every Wednesday, you could do it every Sunday, or every Monday, either of any of those three dates would be ideal. But once a week at least, you want to burn some of that Althea as incense, light that candle, and pray over this setup. Bring in that healer, and then keep your eye open for doctors. A doctor who is a woman, she's likely going to be an older woman. This is Venus in Capricorn. So she's likely going to be an older woman who is experienced, who is well-versed, a person who's probably got uh, a good deal of experience behind her in dealing with these particular matters. She might perhaps be... Um, an expert in seizures, perhaps an expert in epilepsy or something along those lines. But this is the person you want to keep an eye out for. The Althea will help to attract this person, but keep an eye out for an older woman who is a doctor who will be the healer for your daughter. This is what I see based off of the consultational chart and my root work recommendation. Let's make sure that Kat gets some time to throw in her suggestions as well, uh, and then maybe we'll have like a couple of seconds to add some final thoughts. Okay. I I love that spell work, and it's really well thought out, Contraband. I mentioned earlier a moss agate talisman. I would add mm-hmm. that to your altar work. Oh, that's and great. Yeah. I would, yeah, and I would use the Althea herb to make a tea as well, yeah. and you could wash the talisman in the Althea herb uh, tea. Yeah. You can also wash your daughter or send some to her to use for healing. There's another thing that I recommend when looking for a good doctor, and that is to call on the spirit of a known excellent doctor. Now, if you're Mm. a Catholic, you might call on Dr. Jose Gregorio Hernandez, who is beatified but is not canonized as a saint. If you are of a different religion, you might call upon a doctor well-known within your culture or your religion. If you know of a doctor who specializes in seizures, and um, then call upon who's deceased. Call upon that doctor's spirit. If you don't, go to Wikipedia. Go look up um, the history of seizures and healing them and dealing with them, treating them, diagnosing them, and try to find out and approach that spirit with a little white offering candle. I'm just going to, you know, Dr. X will call and say, Dr. X, as you helped many who have had seizures and have now passed into spirit, would you consent to guide the hands and the heart and the mind of the doctor who will heal my daughter? And that's called working with a spirit. And a doctor who is a spirit is a very valuable spirit to know. And in the spiritualist church, there are many uh, doctor spirits who are available to spirit mediums. And what you're asking them for is not to perform the cure themselves, but to guide the hands, the heart, and the head of the doctor who deals with your daughter. Okay, That's what I would recommend. Do you have anything to add to that, Conjurman? I think that's fantastic. Bringing in uh, a doctor help is good. The only other spirit I would recommend is ancestral spirits, particularly since your daughter seems to be mm-hmm. away, I think you said. Your daughter mm-hmm. is somewhere else. So calling upon your ancestors. Your ancestors have an invested interest in making sure that you remain healthy and strong. So if there's a grandmother that has passed on or a great-grandmother, call upon them and say, look, I can't be near my daughter right now. Please make sure that you help them. Please come forth and bring the helper that I need. Please go forth and find the doctor 
the position that I require. Uh, so pray to the ancestors here and make that as part of it. I also want to just give a really big shout out to Cat. That moss agate is great, both for the Capricorn mm-hmm. and for the Taurus that we saw. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good luck to you, Miss. All righty. And we now have um, Clifford, we hope. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curie Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call one 888 hoodoo or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service up to the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. And now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our, le- our next client. Uh, our caller is Domchrist calling from area code 510. Domchrist, are you there? Yes, hello. Excellent, excellent. Can you detail your situation to our co-hosts? Sure. So I understand that Mercury retrograde is going to be starting this week, and I actually have to move on February 1st. So if the retrograde is still there, I just was hoping for some advice as to how to best make the move successful. All right. So as I understand this, yeah, thank you. As I understand this, you're going to you're making a move, but you're doing so while Mercury is retrograde because that's already specified, and you want to know how best to dodge a bullet. Is that it? And how to make the best of it? Yes, mm-hmm. that is perfectly it. All right. Let mm-hmm. me ask a question about the move. Are you moving to a different town? Are you moving to a different county? A different state? No, I'm going to be staying in the same city, just moving across town. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so it's a short I'll be move. Here in California. All right, that's a short move. Well, that's too bad because not, maybe again, all these probably Susan countrymen probably heard me laughing there. I said that's too bad. It would be if it was for a longer move, we could bring in another planet to help. But if it's just across town, it's Mercury, Mercury all the way because Mercury rules short moves. So what I'm going to do is um, talk for just a minute about Mercury retrograde in general, and then we're going to get to your uh, situation. Mercury is the planet that rules communication, short trips, and yeah. um, uh, trading. It also rules gambling and a few other things that are transactional in nature, crossroads and so forth. Yeah. Now, when you're going to move, usually you want to have a clear Mercury, clear road you know, to do that. So Mercury is associated, um, as is the Greek analog to Mercury, Hermes, with the crossroads. So what I'm going to say is I'm going to recommend that you make offerings at every crossroads as you move. Does that make hmm. sense? To what You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to ameliorate the fact that Mercury is retrograde. When you move and Mercury is retrograde, you often have to move again or move back or things aren't satisfactory. Right? Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. So what, what, but since Mercury is associated with the crossroads, do you live in a city or out in the country? I live in a city, a small city. All right. Uh, what city? 
Hayward. Hayward. All it's right. It's uh, south hey. of Oakland. I know where Hayward is, huh? I'm. I was raised in Berkeley and Oakland. <laughs> All right. Oh wow. Um, yeah. All right. So you're going to move in Hayward. I want you to get yourself a map. Um, you can just use an online map. You can use a map from a gas station. Whatever you got. I want you to use a map, and I want you to to basically mark every crossroads. Are you going to be moving your furniture? Or yes. Okay. Well, I, want you... I have to still find a moving company, but yes, we'll be moving furniture. All right. I want you to, first of all, I want you to bless and dress your furniture where it is, and I want you to go with the mover, and I want you to tell them, you know, find out what route they're going to take. What route they're going to take is where every crossroads is, and I want you literally to throw out an offering at every crossroads to ameliorate Mercury. So, Uh, Mercury, in order to keep moving forward, you know, you're going to want to be giving something to the crossroads spirit. Does that make sense to you? You see what I'm saying? Now, um, there are different herbs. There are different flowers. There are different uh, things that go with each of the planets. Okay? So, Uh uh, the... the, um, the plants that go with mercury, well, some of them are kind of hard to find. One of them is this plant called spurge. And I'll tell you, you're not going to be fine. It's called also known as dog's mercury. So that's going to be a hard one to find. Okay? But um, if we had all the time in the world, I would tell you, just go down to Home Depot to the nursery and say, do you have anything in the Spurge family? But I don't think you're, you're going to get it. I think it's going to be a little difficult. Um, so you can use um, any kind of uh, symbol that is for mercury. Um, another thing is a dime, a mercury dime. So um, when you get mercury dimes you can get them at a coin store they cost depending you don't want good ones in great condition you want to have um a mercury dime cost maybe a dollar ten dollar twenty something like that right and you're going to get a mercury dime for every crossroads and you're going to throw them into the crossroads as you go by okay does that make sense and you're going to say uh this is for mercury this is for mercury now one of the flowers that is used for mercury is lavender. And that's the easy one to get. You might be able to get a packet of lavender uh, flowers dried and use that. You might be able to go to a florist and pick up some lavender. And you can uh, throw out a little bit of lavender to um, guide your way, open your way. And you can throw out a mercury dime at every crossroads. And you do this and ask for the spirit of Mercury to be encouraged and helped as you go forward. Now, you don't have to spend a lot of money on those dimes if you just have some lavender flowers. Okay? That's uh-huh. what I would recommend. Let's turn this over to Contraman and see what he says about how to ameliorate Mercury retrograde by um, yeah. working on this move. Yeah, so a couple questions first. Uh, when? What was the date you're moving in, you said? February 1st. February first is when you're moving in. Okay, that's yes. that's the date that you're going to move in. So I, you're missing the retrograde period by like two days because February third is when Mercury stations direct. 
Oh my gosh, we did all that believing that she knew what she was saying. I should have asked. <laughs> February third is when it starts going direct. February fourth oh, is when it is. Great. It'll start like so. It's no, 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 moving. I'm moving on the first. No, 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 I'm moving on the first. I'm moving on February first. February first. Oh, okay. All right, back You're on right. track. February. Uh, uh, uh. Th- that's what I said. February third. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. February 3rd is what I said, is when Mercury will go. So you're missing it by two days is what I said. So February 3rd. Oh, I see. I it. thought you meant missing it in yeah. the other direction. Right. No, no, no. Missing you it by two you're... days. February. Uh, yeah, 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 February yeah, 3rd is when it stations direct. So you can work with that. If you have to move out by February 1st, you can uh, move in, like do a formal move in on February 3rd. And there's a few ways to do that. You spend a couple days at a family member's house or a friend. You can move all the furniture. You can move everything. You can pick up the key, but you don't actually sleep in the house in the mm, until mm, February mm. 3rd or 4th. And what that does is you're formally saying, I have now accepted this apartment as myself. There's nothing you can do about the contract. Ideally, you would avoid signing the contract until February 3rd uh, because Mercury does govern <laughs> contracts. But if, since you can't do that and it's a hard move deadline, um, I, to be honest, I've moved before and have 100% finagled the uh, move d- date. So I've moved out of my place. The last time I moved was a few years ago. And the last when I moved out, I didn't move into my new place until three days after I was supposed to move in. Um, I just I called them up and like, hey, I'm traveling. I'm not going to be able to pick up the keys until this date. And my movers weren't supposed to come. Most movers weren't going to arrive until later that week anyways. Uh, so they had already moved things out, but because I was moving long distance, so it took a little bit longer. Um, and it worked out for me. I moved in on the day that it was particularly auspicious, and I picked up the keys on the exact date that I wanted to and signed the contract the exact day that I wanted to, even though I had paid the down payment and whatnot before, and I was supposed to move in earlier. So this is a one way to work around. You, can't, you cannot figure out the, the contract. It's already been signed. You have to pick up the keys on February first you have to be moved out by february first or whatnot so you move all your objects in but you don't sleep in the house until february third or fourth you sleep at a friend's house you sleep at a family member's house or whatnot if you still can't do that that's okay a retrograde is not the end all be all they've been hyped up in modern astrology by people who i think uh overemphasize the transits without realizing that there are other aspects to it. So, for example, let's say in your natal chart, Mercury is really well-placed. It's got a lot of essential dignity. Then Mercury retrogrades aren't going to affect you too much. Or let's say that, you know, uh, Mercury isn't the lord of your year. It isn't the planet that has any influence that particular year for you. It's not going to do much. This is the reason why Mercury retrograde happens. And for some people, it's like, hey, oh, there's a Mercury in retrograde? Nothing. And why for other people, they're like, their computer blows up, Right. It affects people in different ways because the natal chart here matters, what it's doing to your natal chart. So, again, maybe Mercury in retrograde doesn't have that big of a deal. Don't order your life according to the retrogrades of Mercury. You will drive (laughs) yourself crazy. But that said, it is always wise to mitigate unreliable influences, and there are things that you can do. Now, I will say that uh, in your uh, consultational chart, just pointing it out, that I look to the third house. The third house is ruled by Libra. Libra covers short journeys, short movies, moves, etc. And I go, okay, so where is the lord of Libra? Venus. Oh, Venus is in Capricorn. 
in the sixth house and retrograde. So in this instance, even though Mercury in retrograde may not be that big of a deal, this move might be a bit of a hassle for you, the consultational chart says. Now, you're trying to track down movers yet. Have you found movers? I found a few different movers, but it's been really busy. So I and yeah. like I feel like it's already retrograde. Like we've been chatting because now everybody does a chat, but then it's like we can't right. get the people on the phone. So it's gotcha. So you've been yeah. having difficulty nailing that down, right? Yes. And the reason I ask that is because Venus is in the sixth house of people that you employ. So the sixth house is illnesses and the people that you employ. In the medieval tradition, it quite literally meant your servants. But nowadays, we say the people you employ, the people you hire, it's your contract magicians, it's your plumbers, it's the person you hire to do root work for you, it's the people that you hire to move your stuff. So the people that you're trying to hire in the sixth house are Venus and retrograde. They're unreliable. It's literally, this is why astrology is so great, it's quite literal. It's you're unable to nail it down. And I suspect that you'll probably continue to have this problem for a little while, but eventually you will be successful. The big thing here that it also tells me is that the movers will actually damage some of your property. So be aware of this and mitigate that more than anything else. The move itself, while they're earning Mercury and retrograde, okay, it's not the best to sign a contract, but, but it is what it is. But the big issue here is going to be the fact that in this consultational chart, the movers are represented by Venus, and Venus is retrograde in the sixth house. It's unreliable. That indicates damage to the physical property in some way, shape, or form. So before you move, here's what you need to do. Get yourself some five-finger grass and start to burn it as an incense to Mercury to mitigate the influence of Mercury. Mercury likes five-finger grass. Offer mm-hmm. Mercury some, some of this incense. Goes, Mercury, I know you're a little drunk right now. Take a nice good sniff of this and stabilize yourself. That's what it does. It makes an unreliable planet a little bit more calm, more reliable. It goes, all right, I'm a little bit funky right now, but that five-finger grass really hit the spot. So you like some five-finger grass. Do this for three days. Then on the third day, I want you to get some Van Van incense, mix it with that five-finger grass, light it again, and then smoke the objects in your house, the big ones, the couch, the TV, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And what this will do is it will protect those objects. Smoke the boxes you've got. Whatever boxes you've got, start to smoke it. I don't want you to oil the boxes. You'll leave stains. Just the incense. And you're going to pray over this. You're going to say, I call upon the power of the five-finger grass in Van Van to protect, to influence, to ensure this integrity of these objects, that they move with the speed of mercury and that they are protected when they arrive so that it will mitigate some of the damage. If damage happens, it'll be a lot less than uh, if you don't do this, or maybe you'll be able to avoid it entirely. That's my big recommendation, is that there is going to be some damage with the physical objects that you have based off of this consultational chart, which is already picked up on the fact that your movies are a little bit unreliable and hard to pin down. But protect those objects in advance. And then the other option is to see if you move all your items in, but don't sleep into your house, in your house or your new place until February 3rd or February 4th. Both of these are mitigating structures. Because so we talked about at the beginning of this uh, 
podcast, episodes, tutorial, whatever you want to call it, that there are three approaches to electional astrology, right? The talismanic approach where you try to capture something, uh, the layering approach where you try to do the best you can, and mitigating where you just try to avoid the bad. You try to avoid the bad as possible. You know that it's going to rain. You can't stop the rain, but you can take an umbrella with you and make sure that you wear a raincoat. So this is what we're doing. We're giving you an umbrella and we're giving you a raincoat so that the moon won't be as bad as you think it'll be. Give you that mercury some five-finger grass to stabilize that mercury a little bit for three days and then start to add van-van and smoke your objects in order to ensure that when the movers start to take things, they won't damage those objects. And then if you can, avoid formally sleeping in your new apartment until the third or the fourth. That's when you'll have your first. The final thing that I would recommend, and I'm going to make sure the cat has some time as well. I don't want to dominate here. Uh, but the final thing that I would recommend is make sure that you do not take your broom or your salt from your old place. Get rid of that. On when you formally move, the fourth or the fifth, when you finally sleep, let's say you can't do that. That's fine. You have to sleep on the third. You can't find a family member or friend to, to hang out with for a day or two. Um, you have to then on the fourth or the fifth is when you want to buy the new broom and the new salt. You want to use those in a nice, good cleansing of the new house. If you do these steps, you will mitigate some of that mercury and retrograde influence, and it will ensure that the transition will be as smooth as possible given the circumstances. So that is my recommendation. Let's see if Kat's got anything further to add. Okay. I've added um, other mercurial herbs. Um, in addition to five-finger grass. I had previously mentioned lavender. And um, a few others that have mercurial associations are rosemary, sassafras, geranium, turmeric, and black or mm. green tea. And you can also add them to the smoking mixture, the incense mis mixture. If you don't want to smoke the house because it's going to be a walkthrough and the landlord will smell smoke, I would recommend instead alternatively taking all of those or herbs or any of them that you have and can get out of that fairly long list and brewing up a tea and then sprinkling the items with uh, your fingers and just sprinkle it or using, if you can get them dried lavender, dipping them in and aspurging with the tea. Just sprinkle, sprinkle like you dip and then go flip, flip, flip like that. Because um, I know that from experience that if there is the smell of smoke and, and the landlord will, may not give you back your security deposit. So um, uh -huh. that was my, that's my extra advice. The thing about leaving the broom behind, absolutely. Leave old salt behind. On the way there, um, you can uh, purchase a new broom, purchase salt and purchase bread when you get there on the third when you have your actual move-in date you're going to make your first meal be a little bit of bread with salt uh, sprinkled on it you're going to sweep and clean and so forth you can use the same herbs for road opening and and uh, anything of that nature and i again want to say that i, I feel that to ameliorate the negative spirit of mercury you want to make offerings at the crossroads and whatever those are if it's a flower or a coin and you just throw it into the crossroads as you drive by you don't have to stop and go down on your knees and say lord mercury please you know forward my move you just take some of those little bits of those lavender flowers and just 
poof, out the window with them. Yes, Mercury, this is for you as I go on and as I open my roads. And the other thing you might want to do if you were going to throw them into the crossroads is you could take a little bit of road opener oil and dip the lavender um, into that too. Road opener oil, okay? Thank you so Any, much. Uh, yeah. Any other suggestions? Um, oh, sounds like we're out of time. I'm sorry. Ollie, I All the best. Finished up here. All right. <laughs> All the best both. to you, Dom Kristen. Good luck and and happy Hayward. I'll be thinking of you down there in Hayward. All right. And we are now going to have our music, which says it is on, but we're not hearing it. Ah, it's too soft. There it is. (laughs) Oh, boy, it was very soft. (laughs) All right. All righty. Now we're going to um, have our network announcement, and then we're going to have a free spell from me. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. All right. And now it's time now for a free spell segment. Okay, Sorry, and I'm I'm more than ready. Sorry, I jumped you there. Um, okay, this is going to take a little second here, so I'm going to introduce you to a new concept today. This is called your crypto sign. It has nothing to do with cryptocurrency. Thank God. In doing astrology, <laughs> there. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was I made a snarky comment about crypto. I was just joking. Oh, okay, no, no. This is your crypto sign, and I want you to. Um, Somebody going to write this down as I speak. I'm going to speak fast. There are four elements in Western uh, thought, earth, air, fire, and water. Every sign of the zodiac has earth, air, fire, and water um, as one of its attributes. For instance, Taurus is earth and Leo is fire. There are three uh, modes are known as the triplicities, cardinal, fixed, and mutable. For instance, Capricorn is cardinal, Taurus is fixed, and Virgo is mutable. Every sign, because there are 12 of them, is a unique combination of an element and a triplicity. You're going to have to do some homework to do this, and it's called Herbs of Your Crypto Sign. Get your chart done at ALABE, okay? Now you're going to look up those glyphs. You're going to learn those glyphs. Why my my uh, Venus is in Leo, whatever. You're going to look at every sign in which you have a planet. But at ALABE, it's going to give you things like the North Node. Just white it out. You don't want the North Node. It Some places where you get your chart, it'll give you a big K for Chiron. No, you don't want that. You just want planets, only planets planets only and you're going to count 
those signs. Write them down, and then you're going to do it in a little column, a little table. Is it cardinal, fixed, or mutable? And you're going to use hash marks, like Leo is fixed. And then is it earth, air, fire, and water? It's fire. When you're done, you can use a little spreadsheet, just do it on paper with the hashtags. You will find out how many cardinal, how many fixed, and how many mutable signs you have. And you will find out what your dominant element is. So for me, for instance, everyone talks about me being a Taurus. I'm a Taurus. I have Mercury, uh, excuse me, Mercury in Taurus, Sun in Taurus. I have the Moon in Aquarius, blah, 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 blah. But my crypto sign is Leo. If I add up everything on my chart, I have more fire than anything else, and I have more fixed than anything else. And that is your crypto sign, okay? So just uh, please write this down, somebody. Add up and tally your elements, add up and tally your triplicities, and then find the dominant one of each and put it together, and you will have a unique sign. Now, sometimes you'll have a tie. If you have a tie, you get two crypto signs. For instance, if I had an equal number of fire and earth and it was fixed, my two crypto signs would be Taurus and Leo. And that does sometimes happen. But you want to find the dominating um element and the dominating uh, modality and that produces your crypto sign okay now i've gone through this two or three times play the the podcast back if you didn't get it once you know your crypto sign i want someone prove to me that you understand me by putting your crypto sign in the chat okay well someone just say my crypto sign is, you have to know your chart, be able to do it right now. But if somebody knows, what, like maybe Contraman, do you know what your crypto sign is? He's working it out in his head right you now, know, right? I ding, 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 ding. But unfortunately, uh, very boringly, it is still Taurus. <laughs> I'm very, it's I'm okay. Earth dominant it's okay. <laughs> That's Earth perfectly okay. <laughs> my, my daughter is a Libra with... Um, uh, seven things in Libra. Her crypto sign is Libra. Now, if you have a tie, you can add your ascendant if you know it. And that can be a tiebreaker. It can be a tiebreaker. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Once you have your crypto sign, I want you to go online or into a book. And here's the book I recommend. It's um, Scott Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs. And if you don't have Scott Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, you can use, there's another book called The Book of Correspondences. Okay, But you can go online and just look for the herbs of that sign. And I want you to make yourself a little pouch or bag with these herbs. These will be herbs you might not have thought about. I want you to look them up, research them. This is your crypto sign. This is a little packet for your crypto sign. You don't have to make a mudra that you're going to wear. You might make a little packet that you just, you know, keep among your magical tools. Now, I'm going to tell you, once you know what your crypto sign is, look at the planets in it. For instance, my crypto sign is Leo, but the planets that I have in Leo are Pluto, the nadir, and Saturn. The nadir is a point. Ugh, right? Ugh, opposed by my moon. So my crypto sign is difficult for me, Saturn and Pluto and the nadir. So what I learned early on was that I tended to be rather 
dictatorial, harsh, and even cruel to Leos. I noticed it. They were always saying, hey, that hurts, you know, mentally. I didn't physically attack them, of course. Um, and I realized that the message of my crypto sign was that I have to learn to turn Saturn into Jupiter, to turn sternness into kindness, to turn Pluto, which is this cold, icy death, into something warm and loving, solar or lunar, because my moon is opposed. <laughs> and I have to learn, my, the lesson of my crypto sign in my case is to be kind to Leos. Now, in Contraband's case, his crypto sign is what he is. Well, what does he learn mm-hmm. from his crypto sign? Going to be himself, right? He's him, <laughs> right? So everybody gets something from their crypto sign that's different. It's individual for you. I used to give um, a whole night's course on people's crypto signs. You come with your your natal chart, we'll work out your crypto sign, and then we're going to read your crypto sign for what it does for you. So this is the spell. I'm only asking you to look up the herbs of your crypto sign. Make yourself some herbal incense, smoke yourself, and think about it. It's to learn about a hidden part of your nature um, that might be positive, might be negative, might be random as hell. And sometimes the crypto sign is blank. There are no planets in it at all. Mm. So there's a lot to learn. Herbs of your crypto sign. Mm, I love it. That's really cool. <laughs> right. It's a good workshop, by the way. Anybody wants I, to teach I, it. I had no idea, I had no, no, no idea of the crypto sign, so I learned something. That's modern astrology for you. It's a little bit of everything different. Um, what You know where it comes from, uh, contraband. It comes from looking at the chart. You know the um, mm-hmm. you know the drawdown, no, I'm not sorry, not the chart, the horoscope, the drawdown charts. You know those little triangular drawdown charts? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and once you look at that, you go, whoa, there it is, the crypto sign. All right, we're going to turn this over to Clifford, and he's going to give us our final announcements. Thank you, Ms. Cat and Conjureman. We invite you to join us next week. Mark, our special guest is Doc Murphy of RootDocMurphy.com in the Twin Cities of Afghanistan, bringing us the topic of when will you be wise? Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Ms. Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjureman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Clifford Lowe, joining you from luckymojo.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific and 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time. You will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thank you, everybody, and goodbye. Thank you, Clifford. And I did want to say just a little um, communication to the person who signed up and was not able to get in because they called late. You can sign up again for next week, and we'll give you a try then. All right. Well... Things here are rolling right along, and so the only uh, remarkable news I want to give you for upcoming events is stay tuned. On Monday, Hoodoo Psychics is offering a free reading. You have to go to the Hoodoo Mm. Psychics Facebook page, sign up, leave a comment. You will get credit on your Hoodoo Psychics account. You can call in and speak to the reader of your choice. 
any reader will take it. We get paid for it. And Deacon Millet foots the bill. All right. That's on Monday. All right. Good night. (laughs) Good night, all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Night.